Hello, Riverside, San Bernardino, Inland Empire, and listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers radio show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We're broadcasting from our flagship station, KCAA 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. If you're located in the Southern California Inland Empire, you'll find us on KCAA 1050 on the AM dial. And if not, you can find us streaming on kcaaradio.com or talkstreamlive.com. You can also hear our program rebroadcast on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com or on Red State Talk Radio at redstatetalkradio.com. And you can check their website for broadcast days and times. Also, you can always find podcasts posted on kcaaradio.com to listen at your leisure. And you can learn more about our show at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries, and we're going to discuss sleep paralysis, what causes it and how to stop it. Chris came from a background in the New Age where he once believed many of the theories he now frequently debunks. He feels it's important to show others the air of the teachings that once had him convinced. Chris is involved in Christian evangelism and discipleship programs full-time, and additionally, he's a filmmaker and the host of several online radio programs on various subjects. He's also the director of the internet radio station called the Revelations Radio Network. And he's lectured on various subjects that include the occult, the new age, biblical prophecy, and more. And welcome, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's really good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time out for the interview today, because I think this is an important subject. But Chris, before we start, I just sort of wanted to set up our conversation for the listeners, because I know you don't know this, but for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the foreclosure crisis, and this is just so different than that. And so I kind of just wanted to set it up with this story. So um, as far as sleep paralysis, I believe that I had sleep paralysis as long as I can remember. I remember it having it since I was a kid. And all I remember then is that it was very scary. And I, of course, I had no idea what it was as a kid. I probably just thought it was bad dreams, but I know that I would feel paralyzed some nights. This is, it didn't happen every night. Once in a while, while I was sleeping, I'd feel paralyzed. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. And also there was always this feeling of doom and darkness around me. And the only thing I could describe it is, is like a dark force. And then as I got older, it, it continued and it probably even got more frequent as I got older. But still, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody. And then I think around the year 2000, I was listening to a talk show host. Uh, he's no longer on the air. It was called the, uh, it was Chuck, uh, Har- Chuck Harder's radio show. And this particular day, he was more of a consumer affairs type of guy. But for some reason, this day that I listened, he was taking calls from people that were describing this same experience. And all I could say is I was shocked. First of all, I was shocked that there were so many other people out there that seemed to be going through the same thing because their descriptions of it was very similar to to what I had. And... um, 
So then after hearing that program, I started wondering, you know, maybe this has a spiritual connection. You know, it was more than just bad dreams then to me. I just thought it had some kind of a insidious spiritual thing going on. And then now fast forward to just about a week ago. Now I haven't heard anything about this. And then here a week ago, I hear within one, within a couple days, I hear two different interviews on the same subject and of course I didn't feel this this was a coincidence and I'm always looking for show topics and I was thinking you know when I had this I I had to, I've always had a spiritual foundation and as a Christian I just felt like I couldn't explain it so I felt I was able to at least handle it and I thought geez can you imagine somebody that has no no spiritual foundation or belief at all just how scary something like this would be so anyway I decided that um I would call you because one of the two interviews that I heard was yours and you seem to explain it from a spiritual perspective now the other thing I want to say before we get started is the other interview I heard was the complete opposite this guy was telling people to embrace this and he was saying it was an out-of-body experience. And what was really scary is he was telling people how to actually intentionally bring this experience on at night. And I, just being through it, I would highly recommend to anybody listening that you not do this because it is not a pleasant experience. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way and uh, let everybody know, and you know, because you know, you and I have never spoken before, and I kind of wanted to know, uh, let you know that that's where this all comes from. And the only words that I could use to explain what this is was, to me, it's like a type of spiritual harassment. Chris, now, if you could tell us, how did you first get linked with the sleep paralysis and interested in it? And then could you just tell the audience, what is sleep paralysis? Sure, I'll be glad to do that. Um, first of all, I want to say something that validates a lot of the things that you're saying. Even in the medical community, what they describe this as is is what they'll sometimes call um, a, a, a malevol- uh, malevolent presence. That they they actually say that the one thing that everybody experiences when they experience sleep paralysis. Some people don't even experience the paralysis aspect of it, but everybody experiences what they call in the literature literature sensed presence, and that presence is almost always evil. What's interesting about that is that these people don't have context for evil in a lot of cases. They're not, they're not spiritual in any way. They're, they may be atheists or whatever, but they're able to say, who was in my room that night was definitely evil. And I think that's a really interesting thing, that everybody that has sleep paralysis has what the medical community calls sensed presence. Now, what you describe is kind of a light-level version of, of sleep paralysis. It's, it's the sensed presence, and you're feeling that it's something malevolent in the room, um, and you're paralyzed. Uh, that's kind of the light level on the on the kind of medium and upper end of the spectrum. That that is actually something in the room that actually begins to torment the people in very serious ways um, throughout culture and throughout history. The Greeks called it incubus, but basically people would actually be uh, violated physically and sexually by these beings, when, and these things would talk and deceive people in various ways. So it gets to a point which is crosses over a lot with what we sometimes call alien abduction, and that leads into kind of how I actually found out about it in the first place and started doing the research. 
into it. Um, so if we have time, I could go into that. Uh, yeah, we got about another minute or so to get started. Okay, so first of all, what I, what I first started finding out was alien abduction. I know that sounds like a pretty crazy thing, um, but what I found out, there had been a lot of actual medical studies done on, on people that were claiming to have alien abduction, including John Mack at Harvard, and there was a few others um, that had been done, and I started reading their papers and their findings and things like that, and what immediately became obvious is that what these people were experiencing was very different. I mean, uh, I mean, there were similar things that were happening, but the, the things that were similar were the exact same things that were happening in uh, sleep paralysis experiences. The paralyzation, the evil thing in the room, the torment, the torture, the, the lying and the deceiving that was going on. And what was interesting about that is some of the stuff that John Mack noted in his notes. For example, he noted that a lot of the people that were having what, it, what I would basically say is severe sleep paralysis. Um, the people on that end of the spectrum who were calling alien abduction or whatnot uh, actually had a very similar characteristic. That is that they were very, very much into what we would call the occult. Uh, in some cases, they were, they were actual practitioners like witches and warlocks and these kinds of things, like very into it. So, so much so that John Mack at Harvard actually came up with a, a, uh, a survey called the what did he call it, the Paranormal Belief Scale, which is still used today by Susan Blackmore and others you know, that have done research on this. The Paranormal Belief Scale is essentially something to quantify how much somebody is into the occult um, to, because the, their view is that if they believe a whole lot into the occult, then there, maybe that's why they're seeing all this stuff. But okay. what's interesting is, is that... I'm sorry, Chris, can you hold that thought and we'll come back momentarily. So we'll pick it up right there. Sure. Listeners, today our guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries. We're discussing sleep paralysis, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers Radio. For thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you, and your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. 
In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our founders' vision of a constitutional representative republic. Fight for freedom today. Essays in Liberty will equip you to do just that. Order Dr. David Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty, at smellthetruth.com. That's smellthetruth.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries, and we're discussing sleep paralysis, what causes it, and how to stop it. So, Chris, you were talking about a relationship that they found between sleep paralysis and alien abduction? In a, in a sense. Uh, I was studying alien abduction just as mm-hmm. basically at a curiosity, um, and, then, and then I found that, that it was basically kind of the same thing that was being described as sleep paralysis. Um, I found a lot of interesting things about that, but I don't want to go too far down that road other than to say that I think that sleep paralysis, that what means when they're experiencing alien abduction is a very severe form of sleep paralysis. Um, but, but what was interesting is that I started to see that there was a spiritual kind of connection there. The, the first thing that I mentioned that I noticed was that in these studies that they were doing, in the studies they were saying the people that have this severe sleep paralysis all are really into the occult. And that's an interesting thing because, you know, the Bible says that if you do that kind of stuff in the occult, then you kind of open yourself up to the spiritual realm in a negative way like that, which would kind of make sense if these things are always negative and evil and attacking people. Maybe they are the historical demons, you know. And and before I know when I say that, people are like, oh, no, now what are we talking about, demons? But I want to say about that, that from an anthropological perspective, I mean, as far back as the Sumerians, the earliest culture that we have here on Earth, they always talked about demons, and they were doing the exact same things. They, they were summoned the exact same way. They were, they were uh, always evil. They were, they were geniuses in, in terms of their smartness. They always, you know, doing the similar things that we see today. And um, even in different cultures, this, uh, this concept of sleep paralysis uh, is widely understood to be spiritual. I want to give just a few examples of that just so I can kind of make that case. In the Chinese culture, um, this has always been known as, I'm, I'm not going to try to say the Chinese word, but it's, it's, it's called a ghost pressing on body. Um, also in the Korean culture, it's called, uh, uh, it's a, a ghost or a spirit lying on top or pressing on the uh, person. And, and we could go on in Cambodian, Vietnamese, and then we move on to Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and, and Turkey, it's called a, a karabashan or the dark presser and a sailor. It's believed to be a creature that attacks people their sleep. African culture, it's uh, known as the witch routing your back, and, and lots of different African cultures we could go and, and talk about what it is, or you know what they believe it to be. So it's really only in the modern Western culture that we've tried to find a medical explanation for this. But what was the thing that really did it for me was I found this guy named Joe Jordan, and he really had a heart for the people that were having and he claimed that people could stop having alien abduction attacks if they called upon the name and authority of Jesus Christ, right? This guy that lived 2,000 years ago. And the thing was is that all these people were stopping alien abductions with that. And so I saw that, and I was like, well, I wonder if that works with sleep paralysis. So I started doing all this research in sleep paralysis and starting putting out all this information. And lo and behold, everybody started saying, it's working, it's working. So that caused more research. I've since done um, uh, one of the largest surveys about sleep paralysis ever conducted as far as I know, as far as trying to gather more information about this. So that's kind of the background about how I came to the spiritual 
kind of view of what is the cause of sleep paralysis. Well, like in my case, I wasn't even, I wasn't involved in anything like that. I was just a child. So that's why I tend to lean more towards, it was for me at least, a spiritual harassment or a type thereof. That's the only way I can explain it. But so I should very much clarify that, uh-huh. that there are there are several causes that we've determined. And this is like I said, we, di- we just got done with one of the largest sleep uh, surveys ever done. We're about to publish a book with the findings and, and about it. But, the, but what we've seen over the years, and I've talked to probably literally hundreds of people with sleep paralysis and seen hundreds of people that have this no longer have it anymore. And over the years, what we've determined and there, there are several causes. Um, whenever somebody tells me that they've had it from when they were a child Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a trigger in, uh, that, that there's, there's one of two questions on the survey that they almost always check yes or no to, and that is about their parents or grandparents. Um, if their parents or grandparents were either involved in some kind of uh, either the cult kind of stuff where, like I was talking about, or interestingly, what we found is a relation, some people that had a parent or grandparent involved in Freemasonry or a different type of uh, uh, a group like that, and I could explain why that is, is that it, in certain levels of Freemasonry, they are required to give away, if you will, the authority of their children. I know it sounds really crazy, but that's part of the things that they'll do at these at certain levels of, of, of Freemasonry. And I think that's what's causing that anyway. At the very least, there's a strong correlation between that. Or somebody would check, I don't know. That is to say that perhaps they were adopted or perhaps they don't know what their parents or grandparents were into for some other reason. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not always the case. There is another case sometimes. But And the, the other thing that's a strong correlation to sleep paralysis is, is certain types of of drugs, there can, and I'm not even just talking recreational drugs. There are some drugs that are that are. So it's not just a cult activity. I need to make that very clear, and I need to make something else very clear. Just like you're describing, it can be simply spiritual harassment, because, um, for example, um, th- this this happens a lot of times to missionaries who will go to a different place, uh, you know, so, somewhere where there's like witch doctors or different things and stuff like that, where actually they can be harassed in that way. That's the only time I've really noticed it a lot of reports of missionaries getting it in situations like that. And they didn't do anything with activity or whatever. Uh, I've also known people to get it in situations, for example, that they were in a place where a lot of bad things had been done. So, for example, uh, perhaps a particular room of a house or, or a hotel room or something like that. I know specifically that that's happened um, to a lot of people where perhaps something was done of, of that kind of nature or whatever in a room. There, I don't want to try to say that there is one type of cause for it, but the, but I can say this for certain, that the solution to it is is universally the same, whether it was something that was generational or something that you did or didn't do or was in the wrong place at the wrong time, the solution is always the same. And that's pretty interesting in itself because the medical community, there is no cure for it. They will drug you up, they will do a lot of things, but they'll say there is no cure for sleep paralysis. And what I'm saying is that I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people never have sleep paralysis again. And I know this sounds crazy to people that are listening that haven't had it. Okay, yeah, a demon shows up in the room and you're really scared. But that is going to sound crazy to somebody. Even if like, and you actually see anything, you just felt the presence of something evil. I think a lot of people have had that for sure. But the people out there that are listening that have had it, you may just you may be very relieved to know that you're not going crazy. I know people that have written and said, I could never tell anybody about it. I couldn't even tell my spouse about this because I woke up and I saw this thing. It was doing this thing. It did, violated me in some way. Who can I tell about that? And to them, they weren't asleep. It, it wasn't a dream. And it, it's like nobody listens to them. It's like, no, I promise I was totally awake. This thing was really there. So for you people out there, I know this will make sense. But for a portion of you out there, I know it's just going to sound like I'm you know, rambling. 
So were we asleep, or is it a is it a dream? I mean, because well, I would, the, I couldn't even open my eyes to see, and that's probably a blessing because I don't think I'd want to see anything if there was anything there. Right. Well, um, for the most part, sleep paralysis proper that it's what's described sleep paralysis in the literature. It, it is a person is awake. So what they will they will say is a person is paralyzed. Their entire body is paralyzed, but they uh, can uh, they're, but they're aware. They're awake. Um, what their hypothesis about what sleep paralysis is, and keep in mind, they actually don't know. They'll admit they don't know the physiological cause for sleep paralysis. They have some theories, and I'll talk about those, but, but, but they have no idea what causes it. Um, but they do know that it seems to happen in REM sleep. What they'll say is that the move, but the mind, uh, you know, is still sort of churning a little bit, and it's manifesting these dreams in your waking reality. Now, the problem with that is if that's true, how come every, nobody has any good dreams? How come this is all the same dream mm -hmm. of an evil being in their room, you know, across the board? By their own admission, there is no variation. There is an evil being in the room or nothing. So that's interesting in itself. But what they'll say, and this is some recent stuff that they've come out with, they said, well, we've done an MRI with peak paralysis, and we, we've seen that the uh, amygdala, which is a part of their brain, is, if you will, lighting up. It's, it's reacting. And the, the amygdala is the part of the brain that reacts when something, uh, like when your fight or flight needs to kick in, okay? So if you're in the woods and a bear jumped out, your amygdala would go crazy, and, you know, because you would be ready to run or fight the bear or whatever. So the amygdala goes off when a person is having this, and their view is that what's actually happening is that the amygdala is somehow just misfiring and then causing you to be afraid and then causing you to hallucinate all this visual content. So... But, but, the, but the exact same thing would be true if there really was something in the room that caused you to be afraid and therefore your amygdala was, was you know, lighting up. So they haven't proved the connection that an reaction causes hallucinations. They've only proved that the amygdala is lighting up, which is what I'm saying would happen to anybody that had, that had this happen to them. It's a very scary experience, to say the least. And you were talking about location, that people experience this if they were in a location where bad things have happened but like in my case where I lived because I've moved over the years every place that I've been this has happened so do you find that with other people that you've dealt with um, well I certainly find that all the time if there is some cause um, the, the parental or grandparental past um, so is there anything I mean you don't have to go into specifics but would there any any concern either in parents or grandparents that you would say maybe something See, absolutely, going on there? absolutely not my parents, but, you know, from grandparents back, it's anybody's guess. I have no idea. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I can't be certain about that. And sometimes when, when we get come to this kind of thing with somebody and there's no obvious correlation that we can find, we can't determine anything for, for certain, I would say, you know, it really isn't all that important what the cause is. You know, one thing I've found, uh, w there's, there's only a few occasions like this when it's really nothing explicit that, that we can actually nail down. In your case, we don't really know uh, what it is. Uh, but, but usually there's something obvious. There is one case that is consistently perplexing, and it is when somebody writes and they don't really have any of the things you know, that, that normally would be a cause. You know, usually this, in the sleep paralysis survey, I can see a lot of different things. But but one of the consistent things, it seems to be that they are, uh, I, I hate to say it like this, w when somebody is, um, okay, when I do see sexual violation, which is a very common thing, and this is one of the reasons that people don't want to talk about it very, very much because it's kind of a weird thing to say, to say the mm -hmm. least. But when I see that, uh, and there isn't any other correlation or very mild correlation, 
oftentimes it is it, it is uh, um, young girls, um, beautiful women. Some in some cases. The point is is that I think that there's even a biblical precedent for that. I don't want to go too much into that. In the Bible, in Genesis six, one of the reasons that these these beings, what we'll call demons, um, their, their their big sin that got them in trouble was essentially, and the reason that a lot of them were, if you will, imprisoned, is because of a sexual desire for human women. So that's, if you will, demonology is not just a biblical demonology. That's the same thing that we see in different cultures about their views of demons. These otherworldly demons have always. You know, even if you go look on Wikipedia right now, you'll see a demon sitting on top of a, a naked woman. This is a consistent theme over and over and over. Um, that that it is it is something that anyway. I don't want to go into too much detail yeah. detail and the risk of being vulgar, but that is that's a thing too to be aware of. All right, Chris, we're going to take our se- second break. Listeners, today my guest is Chris White, Chris White, Chris White Ministries, and we're discussing sleep paralysis, and we'll be back momentarily. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Millions take comfort in God's Word on a daily basis. But what about the ones who cannot hear these precious words of truth? Where would I find hope? Imagine God's Word in the tongue of those who thirst for the same hope you enjoy on a daily basis. You can help them experience the same blessings you take for granted. This book is like a GPS system. I turn to it to chart my course as I begin each new day. Help someone hear God's Word for the first time by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Find out more by calling 800-THE-WORD. Who will show me the way? Make a difference and help share the hope of God's living word. Call 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries, and we're discussing sleep paralysis. And so, Chris, when you're dealing with somebody that maybe doesn't have a spiritual 
background or foundation and then you're helping them through this or giving them advice rather do you find that maybe they start to change their view of things spiritually I do and the the way the reason especially if somebody's ex- experiencing you know severe sleep paralysis and has been for a long time um you know it, it pains me sometimes you mentioned that person that on the radio interview that you listened to and they were telling people to to go further into it and and acting like it's a good thing but I can tell you that it's almost like people do that because they know that they can't get away out of it you know if they could stop it if from happening they would now of course they're selling it to people that may have never ha- had it and they're like okay I want an out of body experience and so there's another group but these people that are having it anyway if you really got down and talked to them you know like I said all the all the medical data is saying everybody's experiencing a negative entity uh, and it's a bad situation so if they really could get rid of it they would but since they can't they're trying to basically try to make the best of a bad situation if you will but but yes, so what will usually happen is I'll tell somebody, look, you don't, I know it sounds like I'm saying, okay, convert to Christianity, that's the only way to do it. Um, and, but what I'll say is that just do this. Next time it happens, call out in sincerity to, to Jesus Christ. Just just try it. Ask him if he'll help you with that situation. And what, and I'll never, you know, I won't hear back from them and they'll be like, all right, whatever, you know, they, they don't care about that or they didn't want that. They wanted to know some what to do, you know. So, but then they'll, they'll, they'll write back and say it worked and nothing else has worked, but that worked. And that, that usually changes their attitude about this. And they're like, okay, so for some reason, these beings were scared of that, that authority. And that changes everything. Jesus said that all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And, 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 and when he dealt with demons in the Bible, they were like literally trembling. They would say things like, have you come to torment us before our appointed time? They were like, and still are, extremely frightened of this guy that lived 2,000 years ago. Now, we can go into the about why that is, but it has a lot to do with what Jesus said. You know, all authority is his. So anyway, that, that's the first sort of thing that it makes a person think. And, and usually at that point, it, it, it's kind of downhill from there in terms of to get them free from it. Really, they need what the, here's the thing that I think explains your situation and mine too. Because I've had sleep paralysis three about three occasions, and every time I had it, this is after I started doing sleep paralysis ministry and stuff like that. I could never put my finger on like what you know. I didn't do any particular thing. I think God like let me have it so He could show me. Look, sometimes this happens for no good reason. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I. I'm incapable of sinning or whatever, but but when that particular those occasions happen, I really analyze my life. Like, okay, I didn't remember doing anything. I mean, I just well, nothing bad was, I, you know, whatever. So the point is, is that Jesus says that he he says in Luke ten nineteen, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus says, okay, look, I want to give all of my followers power, like that, that word there, power, is actually the Greek word Nike. He wants to give us complete victory to, if you will, trample over these spirits. Um, we have authority over them, is what he says. And he, he has given us part of that authority that he has. And the reason he did that is because he knew that they were going to try. The, like, even if there's no big open door, you didn't do anything big or whatever, they're going to try to everybody. Now, what I, but I do see a major correlation in those people that are getting heavy sleep paralysis and dealing with it every night and all kinds of physical attack, 
those people, there's almost always an obvious thing that they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, I am channeling spirits, you know, and I do whatever, Brunda Wicca, whatever it might be. But the point is, is that, um, but the the point is, is that, that ultimately to be completely free of it, you do have to, you know, make Jesus your Lord. I mean, say, okay, if you're this powerful, if you're really the guy and they're all afraid of you like that, then I'd. I might as well follow you. You are Lord then, you know, you're the boss. I'm not. Okay. That's kind of the thing that usually happens in people's in, when they're, when they're dealing with this. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting uh, ministry. That's for sure. It's funny that you brought up Luke 10:19 because that was next on my list. And here's why I was doing research on you and your ministry in that and sleep paralysis. So of course in that search, I find a YouTube that a young woman did. She claimed to be a Christian. She did a YouTube basically trying to put you down for your work. She was attacking you, and she cites Luke 10:19. She says that um, you are trying to tell uh, Christians that they're going to be attacked or that they they could be attacked by these demonic spirits. And then she uses Luke 10:19 to back up her argument. She said she, you know, had it she read it on her YouTube and she I think what she was doing at the end it says and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So she took nothing shall by any means hurt you and she said that that means that the Lord is telling them that they can't be attacked. But that that kind of goes back to what you just said. No, you can't be hurt, but they're sure go- going to try. Don't you agree with that? Right. That's why he gave us the authority. Um, there's no and, and actually in this very section, what what Jesus is doing is sending out these seventy uh, to to go and basically what they did is cast out demons. Uh, Jesus was actually really kind of upset with people. And get this, for example, at the when he came down from the the uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. There's some some of his uh, disciples down there that are having trouble casting out this demon, and Jesus is like, "Oh, you faithless generation! How long do I have to deal with you with this? You know, because he's saying you guys knew how to do this. You know, this was supposed to be what you guys were supposed to be doing. Yet this guy, this kid, you know, throwing himself into the fire and the rest of it. So so another another crit- criticism that people will say is that when I talk about uh, how it's okay for us to to w- one thing that it seems that the demons are very scared of is if you command them to go to the abyss. Jesus did this in Mark 5 with these particular demons, and they, they said, you know, basically they, were, they didn't want to go to this prison, what, what the Bible calls the abyss. They begged Jesus instead to be put into these pigs or that they could go into these pigs. And so in my experience, what I've found is that you can actually do that, and it seems to prevent further attacks, at least, you know, immediate attacks. It's almost, look, this guy is going to send us there. Let's not even mess with him, you know. And and, and that's the kind of thing that I've uh, seen and, and counsel people on and have seen success with. So people say, well, only Jesus can send these beings to the abyss. But what I've found is that it, it, in so many cases what Jesus is doing, or for example, Paul in Acts 16.16, 16, when a woman is behind him mocking him uh, that's, that we find out later is possessed, you know, he turns around and says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. You know, it, 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 he's doing exactly what Jesus did, clearly what we're supposed to do, too. All of the things that Jesus did when casting out demons 
or if you will, things that we can do too. That's what this authority giving to us is doing. Now, it would be one thing if I'm just, if it would be saying this just as a matter of doctrine. I think that's very important. But we also see this in, the, in a matter of practice. This is what, you know, missionaries from time immemorial have experienced. Uh, this is what people that have dealt, I mean, their testimonies over and over and over again, that this is how, in fact, you deal with demons. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the way that a lot of places like, for example, the Catholic Church, they have this incredibly, you know, detailed thing that they do and crosses and holy water or whatever, but it's not the simple using the authority of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out. It's a very simple concept, but here's the deal. With, with that kind of thing, with commanding demons, that's something you really do need to be a Christian for. If you're a non-Christian and you're having sleep paralysis, you can stop those events by calling on Jesus for help. He will help you, I promise. But if you're going to try to order demons around, don't try to do that if you're not a Christian. We see actually an example of what happens in the book of Acts, what's known as the seven sons of Shiva, which were not Christians trying to order around demons like they'd seen Paul and the apostles doing. And that did not turn out too good for them. So make a long story short, we, as Christians, have authority to trample on snakes, and that's why the Lord has given us that. But as a non-believer, yes, you can call on the Lord for, his, for help during this time, and he will show you that, he, in fact, he is um, Lord. And Chris, getting back to this lady, okay, so she's a Christian. So for the Christian that says, well, you know, I'm a Christian, therefore I can't be bothered by a demon or evil ent entity. That can't possibly happen. So what kind of response do you give to them? Well, I guess I would respond in that I, I, you know, I know a lot of people that have in my own personal experience. I just mentioned that I've had it three times. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not going to say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I mean, you can you can judge me by my fruits or whatever to see if in fact I am. But 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 I would say that that I've you know a lot of Christians have indeed had uh, spiritual attacks. Uh, what I have found is that it's very very rare. Now now if we're talking about possession or something like that, I, I honestly don't think that that's what anything to do with sleep paralysis. I don't think anybody's becoming possessed or whatever. I would I would take exception to that. I don't think that you know demons can possess uh, uh, true Christians. Um, however, I do think that they can. What, what Paul calls the fiery darts of the enemy may, in, just, in that scenario, just be you know uh, uh, temptations and these kinds of things. But but Paul also says something else. He says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger, lest it give Satan a foothold." And that word there is topon in the Greek. It, it essentially is apparently in that case, anger can cause a, a foothold for a Christian. Apparently, when Jesus talked about Satan, he said, "He has nothing in me." I think that we as Christians can 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 leave ourselves more vulnerable, uh, but I don't think that's always the reason that they can bother us. You know, I I also like would say that uh, you know I guess other than um, you know personal experience with not just me but others, I would say it seems to be quite obvious, especially in dealing with missionaries who oftentimes are genuine, but yet when they go into if you will these these situations where witch doctors and stuff are, are sending spirits on them. Um, they are being affected by them, though those spirits are not coming back. Okay, Chris. Well, we'll go ahead and take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries. We're discussing sleep paralysis, what causes it, and how to stop it. We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show.
There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694-800-989-1694-800-989-1694-800-989-1694 For thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi Berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Chris White of Chris White Ministries, and we're discussing sleep paralysis, what causes it, and how to stop it. And Chris, before we uh, finish up this last segment, could you tell uh, the listeners what your web addresses are and maybe give out some contact information? Sure. Um, the main one that's appropriate here is stopsleepparalysis.org. I think it's also stopsleepparalysis.com. There you'll find a lot of information about sleep paralysis, including a 30-minute video or audio or transcript that really describes what it is and how to stop it in great detail. Okay, so just a, a brief summary. You say maybe the person should look at maybe something they're doing so we can sort of maybe find the reason, although we might not always find the reason. But that's important because for them to, to get it to stop, they would have to probably stop a certain behavior that they're doing and then use Jesus' name to try to combat whatever this force is. Is that pretty much it? Right. That, that's, that's part of it, certainly. And, and I think that's a, a good thing to mention. When a person may actually be doing something in the case where they're actually, you know, whatever it is, perhaps... Um, you know, they are involved in, you know, whatever it might be, Reiki or, or some sort of 
um, you know, magic kind of thing or whatever, even if it's something like a particular drug, there are certain recreational drugs that are, are uh, that are, if I, w- if I would use the term, opening doors to these entities. In fact, that's the historical use of, of drugs was to, if you will, make contact with these entities, who, by the way, the sh- in the shaman culture, all those entities were bad. That's why only like one guy would be the shaman in the village, because he would go talk to these evil beings to get the information and nobody else would do it because it was dangerous and bad and, and the rest of it but all that to say that sometimes drugs need to be stopped if they're doing that but but yeah certainly using the name and authority of christ in order to uh, stop the individual attacks but if one is having you know this very uh, a whole lot uh, ultimately you need to be on the winning side of this you need to you need to follow jesus christ and what that essentially means is just Basically, making him your boss. If you're gonna, if you're going to follow him, then just follow him. You know, and I think that that's really the the change in my life that actually, uh, you know, it, it gave me new desires and the rest of all the things that come with being a Christian. I used to think Christian was just being following a bunch of rules or whatever, but uh, in, in fact, it's actually a supernatural change that God does to you. He gives you different desires. You start to love the things that you once hated, and you start to hate the things that you once loved. It's a whole different uh, ballgame. And part of that is being given the spirit that the Bible says, the one in you is greater than the one in the world. And that's ultimately why, as we talked about in Luke 19, part of the power and authority that we have, and the reason they are scared of us um, the same way that they were scared of Jesus when he walked the earth is because of that spirit that one is given when they become a Christian. So, so non-Christians can, can, can see how this works, but certainly one needs to, to really be a follower of Christ to be done with this for good. Uh, Chris, what's been your experiences as far as pastors? Are there a lot of pastors out there that deal with these kinds of things? Um, yeah and no. I mean, most good pastors will will deal with demonic stuff in various contexts and stuff like that. You know, a lot of those guys get sent some of the pretty heavy stuff, you know, behind the scenes that they might not talk about on, on, on Sunday mornings. Uh, but, you know, there's also a huge segment of, of Christianity today that really doesn't believe that this stuff kind of exists anymore. It's kind of like the same old, you know, thing that, that kind of sweep, sweep it under the rug. I know some churches... Um, that actually when they do have something that's very obvious and very bad, they'll send it to another church down the road that, that does deal with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that, that this isn't a professional thing. Every Christian has been given this authority, not just the pros. So so that's unfortunate that it has sort of been swept under the rug. So I think that's a, a good point to, to mention. Can you give us like maybe some stories that have had a successful ending with some of the um, people that you've had to deal with? Sure. Um, uh, one that comes to mind right off the bat is um, uh, a lady who, who when she first wrote me, she she was very anti-Christian. I mean, she was she she was she I, she actually was part of a, a a witch coven, and she was writing and she was you know saying that she was having pretty horrible things that were happening to her, and I don't remember how she found uh, the site or whatnot, but. Um, I sent her an audio response, which in those days I used to do a whole lot. I still do from time to time. Uh, basically, just record an audio like I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> and I sent it to her. It basically just explained everything. And she said when she opened that audio, she was like, this guy better not be like all the other you know, preacher people I've heard in my life. And if he's any kind of any of those things, I'm not listening to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to make a long story short, this, uh, this lady who uh, – this has been like three or four years ago now – um, she 
took the message to heart. She no longer has, you know, she was having what we'll call extremely severe attacks from demonic entities, which stopped immediately. Uh, she became a Christian and is one of the most joyful people I've ever seen. I still keep up with her on Facebook all the time. She is just such a joy, uh, always just um uh, always just smiling. It's, it's just a really interesting story with her. But there, there are a lot of stories of people that, um, you know, may, may for whatever reason, um, you know, actually there's a whole bunch on the site, stopsleepparalysis.org. I've got a section with just video stories and different things like that. Also a lot of text stories. Um, you know, some of, some of the occasions surprised me too. Like um, I actually, as I mentioned with the, um, the idea of a person being into the, I don't know, I'm losing the word for it right now, but um, Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. um, I started getting all these things about that. I really had no idea that that was such a big deal. And, and so I had to do just a little bit of research into that. And I started seeing that it was an extremely common thing. In fact, of the, let's say, over, actually just the control group, we'll say about a thousand people that I've polled in these extensive polls, it's something like 64% of them have had something like that happen in their in their family history. I mean, that's an ast astonishing number. 64%, it's like 700 and something of the 1,000 people have had some kind of thing happen with either their parents or grandparents. And actually, there are, so, so that's an interesting number. And now, unfortunately, I can't really publish that result because I don't really have a control number. That is to say, I don't really know if you polled the general population, what would that number be? But what I can tell you is that with these stories that I've been reading in these in this uh, extensive uh, survey that we did, how many people are experiencing the exact same things? We talked about the out-of-body experiences and, and all the stuff that are happening there. That's an interesting thing in itself. A lot of people report having out-of-body experiences, and basically what's happening, and to make a long story short, is that when, a, when this being is in the room, it, it can, if you will, kick you out of your body. I read a paper recently from one of the big guys in the sleep paralysis medical community, and he was trying to write this paper to prove, because he didn't like that idea at all. So he was trying to write a paper to prove that the out-of-body experiences were not caused by the entity, like that, 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 that people that, that had a, a, a feeling of the entity in the room and the out-of-body experiences, that they were just, mis they were just remembering it wrong because those things happen on different occasions. They don't happen on the same, uh, the sa at the same time. Um, what happened, though, is in his study, he concluded his study saying, hey, congratulations, I, I, I proved my thesis. But if you, act, if you actually go and buy the paper and read the details of the paper, what he actually found was that people were having the same the out-of-body experiences and the, the demonic experiences in the same instance. But what he did was he came up with this this new categorization to call uh, to basically say that out-of-body experiences weren't out-of-body experiences. He made up five categories, and then he concluded and said, no, it doesn't happen. Look, my thesis is correct. But if you read the body of the, of the paper, clearly it is happening then as well. But, but I think that there's a biblical precedent for that, too. Um, that is to say that, that in the Bible, when people are—that kind of thing happens in the Bible, too. In fact, um, there are several occasions where an angel— takes up somebody to heaven to show them a particular thing or something. They're literally taken, in the case of John uh, in the book of Revelation, also Paul uh, says something like, you know, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But, this, but they all mention that an angel was the thing that actually took them out of their body to, to that different place. So apparently there is this 
ability of angels to do that. And so what I would suggest is that when people are asking for that kind of thing to happen, like that person in that radio show, getting people to will that to happen, that's basically an occult practice. That's what happens in occultism, although they use a lot of tricks and stuff to get the person to will those things to happen. All that the demons really need from the person is to, if you will, invite it to happen. They only need the human's free will. So that's why these radio shows are so dangerous, telling everybody, hey, if you have a sleep paralysis attack, embrace it. Start willing it to happen. It's like, oh, please don't do that. That's the worst thing that you could do is start to embrace it in your heart. And so that's that's why it just kills me to listen to those guys. Okay, Chris, well, we're running out of time. So would you like to give any closing uh, statements to the listeners? Well, I would just like to say I know this sounds crazy to somebody who's just listening to this on the radio, and I would say it's you know this is something that has precedent in our history, not just in our culture and modern-day cultures. They all consider this to be a spiritual phenomenon. Also, in our history, in terms of the earliest of humanity knows that demons exist and they have these same characteristics. So though we, it seems like we're talking about something metaphysical, we actually are talking about something quite physical. This should be a part of science. We should be studying this stuff. Um, so, so it is anthropologically a science, and it's something that I think that uh, the people that are having it should be relieved to know that this is normal. One-third of people in America are polled, have this, but don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. StopSleepParalysis.org, and you can uh, and learn more about it and certainly learn how to stop it. Great, Chris. Thanks so much for taking time to speak with me in the audience today. Listeners, today my guest has been Chris White of Chris White Ministries. And until next week on the Truth Seekers Radio Show, God bless.